0: Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to the Friday broadcast of Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett, and this week has flown by. It is already Friday, and we are super close to Christmas. And I want to encourage you to enjoy the season that God has given us, but don't forget to worship Him. Don't forget to spend some time with other believers just celebrating the birth of Christ. And if you'd like to join me on Christmas Eve... We are doing two Christmas Eve services at Hickory Ridge Community Church. The first one will be at 9 o'clock on December the 24th or 3 o'clock on December the 24th. So 9 a.m. or 3 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Love to have you come worship with us December the 24th. This year, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. So make a note of that. And uh, so excited to celebrate the birth of Christ. Hope to see you on Christmas Eve at one of our services. Well, we're on the last part of the Word of Forgiveness, How to Overcome Guilt. We've covered a whole lot of ground over the last couple of days as we've looked at this very important subject of forgiveness. And so I want to give a quick uh, recap as to what we have covered already in the broadcast, just in case you missed the first two days, okay? Uh, So we talked, first of all, how we tend to handle guilt in our lives, right? What do we tend to do with the guilt that is in our lives? We looked at that first. We said there's primary three things that we do uh, when we carry a load of guilt. Number one, we try to bury it. We try to bury our past. Now, this doesn't really work very well because it keeps coming back to the surface. And so if you didn't catch that first day of broadcast uh, on Wednesday, please go back as we went into greater depth on how we tend to deal with guilt. Well, burying it doesn't work. And so some people try a second thing. They try to blame somebody else for their guilt. And I don't know about you, but um, I've become an expert at the blame game. Blame it on somebody else. Remember Adam when he sinned? Uh, He took it like a man. He blamed his wife, right? Yes, Adam blamed his wife. Eve blamed the serpent then Adam blames God for giving him his wife. Uh, He became the professional blamer. Well, we also are very good at blaming others. And then there's a third thing that we do when we are battling guilt. The third way that we deal with it is we tend to beat up ourselves. Some of us are blamers and some of us are barriers, but some others beat ourselves up. We have this martyr complex because of the sin that we know that we have committed, it causes all kinds of problems in our lives, from health problems to problems with depression, and we can sabotage our own success by letting this weight overwhelm us. Well, what are we supposed to do with bank? These three things don't work. What are we supposed to do? What we learned yesterday, number one, we've got to admit it. What does Jesus want us to do with our guilt? He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. He wants us to admit it. That is the starting point. You see, if you want to get off that guilt trip, you've got to experience full forgiveness. Being set free. You see, the Bible says you can't run from yourself. Proverbs twenty twenty seven says, the Lord gave us a mind and a conscience We cannot hide from ourselves. So we've got to admit it. Admit that you have fallen short of the glory of God. That's step number one. Step number two is I accept responsibility for the sin in my life. I said, okay, I have hurt some people. I've hurt myself with the sin I have committed. I feel the weight of the guilt pressing down on me. And so I'm going to confess it. Psalm 51 is a great prayer to help you to get past the guilt. David said, Psalm 51, verse number three, I recognize my faults. I am conscious of my sins. I accepted responsibility. See, as you think about accepting responsibility, God's word is oh so clear on how we should respond. Confess your sins to one another. We first confess them to God. He forgives us. Then we confess our sins to each other, and that's where we are healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. What are those results? We begin to heal. You see, God wants us to be healed up in community. Admit your faults to one another, and then we left off the broadcast yesterday with this third point. Third, I ask for forgiveness. You know, one of the greatest promises in the Bible is 1 John 1.9. If we admit that we have sinned, freely admit that we have sinned, we find that God is utterly reliable. He will forgive us of our sins, and he makes us thoroughly clean from all that is evil. He says, I'm going to wipe it out. I'm not going to rub it in. I'm going to wipe it out. You can come to God and say, God, I have sinned. And he's not going to rub it in. You see, there's a right way and a wrong way to ask for forgiveness. But let's look at the wrong way, first of all. One is begging, right? You don't have to beg God to forgive you. You don't have to say, God, please, 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 please forgive me. Like you're trying to convince God that he needs to forgive you. (laughs) go so far as please with sugar on it, right? God, please forgive me. No, you're not waiting on God to forgive you. He's waiting on you. You see, you're the one carrying the burden, not him. You're the one who's carrying the guilt, not him. He's waiting on you. He longs to forgive you. And number two, don't beg. Number two, don't bargain. The bargaining, is says, well, now, God, if, if you will forgive me, I will never, ever again do this. That's bargaining. Oh, right. If that's your area of weakness, you're going to be back asking for forgiveness again. Now, understand this. Confession does not change the future. Confession forgives the past. You know, there are other steps that you can take to overcome a bad habit. Uh, We're not talking about those right now, but these are principles that we can use to recover. These are taken from the Beatitudes of God's Word. I'm talking about closing the door of your past. Confession doesn't say you're never going to do it again. Confession forgives you and cleanses you from the past. You see, you don't bargain with God and say, I'll never do it again, because guess what? You still have a sinful nature. You probably will do it again. Everybody's got their favorite sins. Now, God can give you victory, and that's another sermon. If you listen to the earlier broadcast this week, I talked about how to get past those besetting sins. But when we're at the stage of confessing our sins, we're not begging with God, we're not bargaining with God, we're simply asking through faith for forgiveness. And then, number three, the third way not to ask for forgiveness is bribing. Bribing is when he says, Now, God, if you just forgive me of this, I will, and then you add something to it, Lord. If you forgive me, man, I'll be in church every single Sunday the rest of the year. Well, that might not be too bad, too difficult for this year. We've only got a few Sundays left. But you begin the free year. I'm going to be at church every 52 weeks next year, or I'm going to read my Bible every day, or I'm going to give a, a tenth. Uh, no, no, I'm going to give more. I'm going to give 20 percent of my income. Don't bribe or don't attempt to bribe God. You can't bribe, you can't bargain, and you can't beg. So what is the right way to pray for forgiveness? Well, another great verse, which is a promise, Romans 3.24. Right after Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Living Bible says, God declares us not guilty if we trust in Jesus Christ, who in his mercy— freely takes away our sins. Now, don't miss that phrase, if we trust. God declares us not guilty if we trust. It's not begging, it's not bribing, it's not, let's make a deal, it's believing. If we trust in Jesus Christ, who in his mercy freely takes away our sin. That's exactly what Jesus did on the cross. You see, your forgiveness is not based on how little or how much you've sinned. It doesn't matter what you've done. What matters is what Jesus has done for you. That's what the cross is all about. That's the central truth of Christianity. It's not what I've done or how bad I've been. It's what Jesus did on the cross. It's what he's already done for me. When he was on the cross, he said, "It." is finished. It's done. I've paid all of your punishment. You are forgiven. You are freely forgiven. You are set free. No more pain. No more shame. No more guilt. You know, as you think about what God has done, some of you may be thinking, but there's this incident in my life that I'm ashamed of. And I've asked God over and over again to forgive me of that incident, but I still don't feel forgiven. You know, there's three things that you need to know. And this is what we're gonna spend the rest of our Friday time together as maybe you're driving home from work, getting ready to enjoy a weekend. First, you don't need to ask God over and over again. You only have to ask God one time. You know, God heard you the first time. And if you meant it, You were forgiven the first time. You're asking because you don't feel forgiven, but He forgave you the first time. In fact, if you keep asking God to forgive you over and over again, it means that you really don't believe that He has forgiven you. You lack the faith to believe that He will keep His promise, but you don't feel forgiven. You think He hasn't forgiven you, but He has. You've been forgiven, but you don't feel like you have been healed of that emotion. Now, every time you ask God to forgive you something that he's already forgiven you of, I think that's a sin because you're saying, I don't really believe you kept your promise. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. We need to understand that that's the way he forgives us. God says that when you come to him and you do the things that we just talked about, admit it, ask forgiveness, own up to it, he forgives instantly, instantly. He doesn't say, well, you've got to suffer a little while. He says, no, you're forgiven. It's done. We like to do that, but God doesn't do that. He never makes us wait. Now, we tend to do this, don't we? We have people come to us, well, I'll see if you're truly uh, repentant, and if you, your actions are truly repentant, then I'll forgive you. Well, God doesn't do that. He doesn't play that game with us. He forgives you the moment that you ask. Zero delay. That split second that you ask God for forgiveness, you're forgiven in that moment he doesn't drag it out isaiah fifty five seven God is merciful and he is quick to forgive. so should a Christian ever feel guilty? Well, I think the answer is yes for about ten seconds that's about how long it should take because after this ten seconds. If you admit that you're wrong, if you own up to that sin, accept responsibility, then I'm not going to blame anybody else. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. The problem is is that uh our pride gets in the way. Yeah, you know, a lot of people have this myth that feeling guilty makes me a better person. It doesn't. It is unnecessary. It just makes me miserable. So he forgives instantly. Number 2, he forgives completely. You don't have to keep going back to him on a single event that's going over and over and over again. Now, for a long time I battled with this one because many years ago I was in a terrible accident in which I did a lot of uh, hurt to somebody, physically hurt them because of this car accident. And I was at fault. I mean, I was a I wasn't 50% at fault. I was 100% at fault, right? And I asked this person to forgive me. I asked the Lord to forgive me. And it kept coming back. The guilt kept coming back over and over and over again. And then I remembered when Jesus died for my sins on the cross, which sins did he die for? Well, all of them. That means even the ones I'm going to commit this afternoon, the ones I'm going to commit next month and next year, and even the ones I'm going to commit 10 years from now, they're already paid for by Jesus himself. So by choosing to reject that forgiveness, I didn't want to go God's way. I wanted to go my way. By refusing that, that's what really will send a person to hell, by refusing God's forgiveness. Now, if he's already paid my sin, and Jesus on that cross cried out, Father, forgive them, he included every sin, the sin I committed over 30 years ago, and being negligent in driving, that was nailed to the cross. So, I need to stop nailing myself to the cross. You see, I've said this many times. He was hung up for my hangups. Colossians chapter 2. And this verse helped me to, to realize that I am set free. The moment that I ask for forgiveness, I am forgiven. Jesus has forgiven all sins, He has utterly wiped out the evidence. Isn't that good? He's wiped out all the evidence. That means if somebody wants to take you to court, man, it's gone. In a heavenly court, it's gone. If somebody wants to accuse you in heaven, there's no evidence. Why? Because he wiped out the evidence against your life. He has forgiven all your sins. He has utterly wiped out the evidence of the broken commandments, which always hang over our heads. He has completely annulled it, all of your sins, by nailing it to the cross. Now, two things here. Wiped out. He wiped it out, all the evidence. That means when you get to heaven and you say, well, God, what about that sin back there in 2023? The beginning of 2023. You go, what sin? There's no evidence that you sinned. He wiped it out. Well, what about that sin back in 2010 or 2000 or 1989? They say, what are you talking about? Wiped out. You talk about a super stain remover. That's a super stain remover. He wipes out everything that you've done wrong, all the evidence. So there's no evidence at all. It has been wiped out. That means he's forgotten it. Now, if God has forgotten it, don't you think that you should forget it? Are you better than God? Don't you think you ought to let it go? You see, God doesn't just forgive. He forgets. He distinctly forgets. He intentionally forgets. And he says he has completely annulled it by nailing it to the cross. Well, what does that mean to annul? Annulled means it's as if it never happened. An annulment is different than a divorce. A divorce stays on the record, and an annulment means. It never happened. That's what it means to get in an element. It's like it never took place. It never happened. What does God say? When you come and you trust what Jesus did on the cross, it's like it never happened. And that is good news. Yeah, that is great news. It's like all this stuff I've done wrong has never happened. No evidence. Sorry, uh, we can't charge anything against you because we have no proof that it ever happened. You see, if you don't understand that God forgives immediately, instantly, and completely, here's what's going to happen. The next time something starts to go wrong in your life, you're going to start thinking, God's getting even with me. He remembers what I did back then, what I did two years ago. Now God's settling the score. God is punishing me for what I did then. Now I want you to listen closely although it is true there are laws of sowing and reaping. If you're a child of God, if you've been saved, if you put your faith and trust in Christ, God never punishes his children for their sin. Never does he do that. All the punishment was taken by Jesus himself on the cross. Now, if Jesus paid and took all the punishment for my sin, God turns around and then he punishes me? It's like saying that what Jesus did on the cross Was a waste and there's no value in it. If God's going to punish me, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? That's called double jeopardy, double punishment. You know, that's outlawed even in the United States. God says all the punishment for your sin, Jesus took it. So when you sin and you trusted Christ, He does not punish you, never. Now, does He correct you? Of course He does. Does He train you? Yes. Does he discipline you? Yes. But correction and discipline are forward-looking. Punishment is looking backward. It's settling the score. It means getting even. You know, when a person goes to prison, they're paying their debt to society. Our debt, when it comes to our sin, has been paid by Christ. God doesn't even get even with you when we blow it because Jesus already paid for all our sins. This is why the Bible says that God never wants us to forget the cross. It's amazing what God thought about, right? God said, I never want you to forget what I've done for you, that I've already paid for all your sins. Because heaven is perfect and you're not, and there's no way for you to get to heaven. If I let you in with all of your sins, heaven will be ruined and spoiled. If all of us could get to heaven with our lust, with our jealousies, with our selfishness, with our anger, then heaven would be no different than here on earth. If all of us got in with all of our sins into heaven, heaven would be imperfect. There'd be murder in heaven. There'd be jealousy in heaven. There'd be rapes in heaven, adultery in heaven. So God has to figure out how to take sinful people and change them so that we can get into heaven. And he did it by what Jesus did on the cross. It's so important that Jesus gave us two reminders of what he did on the cross, two symbols, baptism and the Lord's Supper. He reminds us that these two symbols are to remind us to never forget that he paid for all of our sins on the cross. Now, before I give the last two things that Jesus gave to set us free, Jesus cleanses us from our sins. Now, I want to ask you a question. The next time that you take communion, will you spend just a moment remembering what Christ has done for you, remembering how he died on that cross for your sins? There's a third thing. He forgives continuously, repeatedly. Let's just say this, that theoretically, you have committed the same sin more than once, just in theory. In fact, you have your specialty sins. Now, if you're typically angry, you get angry a lot. If you're typically a perfectionist, then, then you judge people a lot. If you're typical, that tends to exaggerate, then, then you tend to exaggerate a lot. Uh, whatever, your sin over and over again. Have you ever felt like this? I've confessed this sin so many times, I'm embarrassed to bring it back to God again. Once I've committed a sin a thousand times and I come back for a thousand and one time, And say, Lord, here I am again. I I just imagine God going, Oh, come on, Calvin. You haven't got any better? Boring, same old sins. Don't you have any new ones? And and actually, I feel a little embarrassed to admit to God that for the thousand and one time, I've done the same thing over and over again. Well, God never wants you to be embarrassed, He never wants you to be afraid to come to Him. He forgives repeatedly. If you come to Christ 1,000 times, the Lord says, I did it again, and and you come a 1,001 times, he, he repeats repeatedly. Now, God is not that way. We tend to give up on people, right? We tend to say, okay, I'm done. Uh, once you hit 1,000 times, I'm done. 999 times, okay, one thought, you're done. But God is not like that. He forgives repeatedly over and over again. Let's look at a passage of Scripture. Hebrews 7.25, Christ is always interceding on our behalf. He's saying, Father, forgive them, Father, forgive them, Father, forgive them. Always interceding. He forgives you instantly, completely, and repeatedly. Last, He forgives us freely. You see, when we think about being freely forgiven, we can't earn His forgiveness. It is a gift. We can't earn it we don't deserve it. We can't do anything about it. We can't bargain to get forgiveness. It is a gift of God's grace. So let's get real practical. What's that secret sin in your life that keeps on hounding you? Or what is that habitual sin that keeps on hounding you? You can be guilt-free. Here's what the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 1, for by the sacrificial death of Christ on the cross— We are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of God. Don't you love that verse? The grace of God. By his sacrificial death on the cross, we are set free. Sin's forgiven. How great is the grace of God. Now, this is a fundamental truth of Christianity that God took our problems, God took our sins On that cross, he paid for them himself. Grace was given. You see, the cross is a foundation of everything God does for you in your life. So Lord, thank you for the cross. As you begin this weekend, why not celebrate what Christ has done by worshiping him at a local church that is preaching and teaching the Bible? I'd love to see you at Hickory Ridge Community Church this weekend, our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. If I can pray for you, 252-267-2365, shoot me a text, 252-267-2365. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake. Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.